look out now. It's us. It's uh, Ron and Don, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget the show drops every Monday, except when it doesn't drop. <laughs> uh, don't forget, we'd appreciate if you subscribe. And I just got to take a moment. And before we get to Ron and Don's uh, five things, and he, who even knows if we get the five things? We usually don't. I got to apologize. Why is that? Well, I got to f- apologize to everybody out there named Chet and Chad. And I don't know about you, but this happened to me over the last couple days. For whatever reason, when I'm driving in my car and somebody cuts me off, just like they cut me off when I was on my way down here to come see you, Ron, and record this. And uh, we're recording this on a Sunday night. For whatever reason, I'm like, and I'll yell out my, and, and I'm just in the car. In fact, it was just Charlie and I in the car tonight. Charlie the dog. Buddy. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm like, stop being such a chat. What is going on, chat? You cut me off, chat. Go to prayer, chat. So for whatever reason, when I'm driving, Chet's your standard. I get name. really upset with 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 the guy named Chet, and it could be a girl, it could be a guy, it could be an older gentleman. It, it doesn't matter. I it's think like that's a perfect name when, for that. When though. I'm behind the wheel, I take it out on someone named Chet, and be and 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 the other thing is this, and and I don't know what this is. Uh, but I stopped by a coffee shop on the on the way out because I've been working all day. I was a little tired, and and again we're recording this in the evening, so I stopped by. And I I don't know if this happens to you. And a lot of times you go to Starbucks, and there are people that step up to the little bar there where you pour your half and half. And for whatever reason, they're always out of half and half. They, they, they yeah somewhere in the world there's a guy that always has a full pitcher half and half yeah because I'm that guy in the universe it's, that it's always empty it's always empty so yeah. it's like I don't know in this alternate universe there's a guy that's like yeah. hey it's still full every I don't time even, I walk up here it's full I don't even know if there is half and half and so always, I, I don't I, even know what the halves are I end up using the two percent because I get Ugh, tired of looking that's for them. the worst so I and 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 I there's there's always a person that steps up there and then they just kind of block it off and there was a guy who was not only blocking it off. He was using all the half and half, dumping sugar there. And then he was on his cell phone. And I was trying to post up a little bit so I could squeeze in there. And to me, in, in my head, I'm going, this guy is being such a chat right now. This guy. And and, and I just found myself getting angry so in, and upset. In the car, it's a chat. In the I, person, it's a chat. I don't know. And I thought about this on the way down. I said, why am I so angry at people named Chet and people named, named Chad? Uh, yesterday. I was driving, and there was a guy. I had, and I do this all the time. I'd rolled into the crosswalk, and then I just stopped because I'm taking a right turn, and it tells you that you can't take a turn on right. And this is up on 50th, where I have a rental right now uh, that I'm working on with my friends. Uh, so let me get Joe the scenario right. You uh, are at a stop light that stop says sign. don't. Stop sign says stop. do not turn right. No, no, no. Stop light. You're stop right. Stop light. light. You can't no turn. right on red. No right on red. But, yeah. but so I'm already in. So then I look to see if I could uh, reverse, and I can't because there's already a car. Oh, so you already went through the. You're so in the I'm line. All, I'm already in the in, in you the gotta, crosswalk. Just go right. Guy is walking across the crosswalk, and he gives me the 21 gun salute, and so I roll, and I. I know Does what he, he means. Slap your hood? Uh, he didn't do that. Okay, but for whatever reason, and I'm 52 years old. I rolled down <laughs> my window, and I'm like, "What is that for?" And I'm like, "I know what that's for." And you know what? He's right. And I deserved the 21 right uh, gun salute when he was coming. Sure. So, so, and then we weren't done with each other. He did it. Uh, uh, then he walked around the car. He turned around. He's flipping me off. I rolled down the other window. Charlie's standing there or, or sitting there or doing whatever Charlie does. And then the the the, the guy looks at me and he's like, "Hey." Are you from Seattle? You her 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 her. And to me, I'm like, you're being 
So I called that guy a Chet. I'm like, you are being such a Chet right now. This is unbelievable. So I don't know what it is about Chet. I like that you have some avenues to get your aggression out. I don't know what it is out. about Chad, but I just want to apologize to all the Chets and Chads out there. I don't know why I'm so angry. What, what about you? When you get angry at somebody in traffic, because you get angry in traffic. Oh, I've, been, I've been working or on it, Or if you get angry at somebody and they're just stalled out at a Starbucks, do, is there a name that goes off in your head? For me, it's a Chet and a Chad. I usually go with Chief or Champ, so okay. they're both the C yeah. names. Yeah. But I've actually, the, after you talked to me about this several months ago on the Ron and Don show, I downloaded this uh, meditation app, and he has a specific oh. episode about this scenario. Really? And so it's a meditation about someone, uh, and he said, if you died today, or if you died tomorrow, what would you pay to have this moment back where you're mad at Chet? Okay. And he's like, you would give any amount. Like, if you, were, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, yeah. what, how much would you give to just be in traffic with a guy that cut you off at the stoplight? And he says, you would give anything for that mundane moment. So since then, I've been trying to work on it. But you know where I lost it the other day is, and I don't know if this happened uh, up on Queen Anne Mountain where you live, but down here in uh, Burien and White Center, the, the police went around with these little yard signs and they started putting them out the week before uh, this last week that says fireworks are illegal in White Center in Burien in South Seattle. Okay. Fireworks are illegal. Yeah. They put them all over the place. Very nice little yard signs. Uh, they look great. Had the police logo it's on because they there. don't want you burning the place down. Either. Right. Yeah. And so right um, and when we became 4th of July and it wasn't even dark yet, it was Baghdad down here. I mean, absolute mayhem. People are just totally disregarding the yard signs. And so it started. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. People are disregarding yard signs on the 4th of July. It's, it's really? illegal. I, I don't know what's going on in Auburn. They are now set, like, what selling. What are they going to do? Lock you up for, for blowing off a Roman candle? Well, did Give you hear about the guy lit his house on fire, his well, neighbor's house on fire? That's different. Killed a man. That's it. Well, killed a man because he's different. like that's that sign doesn't Buri- apply to me. In Burien, he was being a Chet. This in, happened in Burien. in Burien. Oh, you're kidding! He's being a Chet or a Chad or a Champ or a Chief. He's oh. like, I don't need to obey that yard sign. Wow. I go down to Auburn and get some Class A fireworks, light them off in my carport. All right. And so he lit his house on fire. He did. Uh, the fire jumped to the neighbor's house. Guy is now dead. Yeah. And if all he had to do, and so to that guy, mm. I'm, 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 I was actually, I was on my deck. My tiny little deck that you saw out the back. Yeah. And I'm like going, really, guys? Like, we have to just be right here. And, oh, I'm surrounded, 360. Yeah. It's a war zone going on here because everybody had gigantic, not little fireworks. Yeah. There's like fireworks display shows in everyone's driveway. I went to bed early because it's up early to go on a trail run. So I just parked myself between two fans and I grabbed Charlie and we just stuck Zach our Zach is between, between two ferns. Yeah. Don of uh, the Rhinodon is between That's two right. fans. Yeah. I, you know I love fans. I love to sleep with a fan. My son loves to sleep with a fan. We're all fans of fans. And I found out that Charlie the dog. If I turn a fan on anywhere in the house, he parks himself right in front well, of the fan. Plus, then he can't hear anything. What's that? Which is great. He yeah. can't hear all the little noises. Yeah, because he was getting upset. So, anyway, he's a big fan. Uh, well, I'll apologize to all the Chiefs and all the champs. Look at him. He's been on the job site all day, and uh, he's a bit tired, so he's not eating your table. I appreciate that. Well, give him time. Old. What's that? Give him time. It'll happen by the end of this episode. <laughs> he's a little tired. <laughs> so am I. Anyway, uh, it's Ron and Don's Five Things. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend and friend.
All right, don't forget, Ron and Don are now licensed brokers. We are realtors uh, with our friends, Windermere, Midtown. If you're ready to buy, sell, or you just need some advice. We have a lot to say, and we love to say it to you or with you or hear about your real estate story. All you have to do is go to ronanddon.com or you can write Ron uh, directly. Hey, Ron at windermere.com. Shout out to Eileen and Alan, Ron and Don Nation. They came in for a, a property review with me last week to nice. the office. All right. And you can write me, Don O'Neill. How do you spell O'Neill? You'll figure it out. Don O'Neill. Windermere.com. O-N-E-I-L-L. All that information is up at ronanddon.com. What's going on with uh, Ron and Don's uh, five things? Uh, so this I found to be super interesting, and I wonder what you would uh, charge if you did this. There's a new uh, service. It's called Cameo, and it started actually with the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawk. There's a Seattle Seahawk uh, super fan, uh, and there was a Seahawk that did a shout-out on Instagram to this fan, and the fan freaked out. Are people still – I didn't know that people were still shouting out. There's still – Shout-outs withstand the test of time. They, yeah, they have. So yeah. It was actually a shout-out. So huh. the founder of this service, his name is Stephen Galanis, saw this Seahawk, Seahawk superfan interaction, yeah. and he's like, huh. There might be something there. So he started this website, uh, or this service. It's called Cameo. And so what he does is he has enlisted some quasi-famous people, some real famous people, people like Snoop Dogg, uh, people like uh, Brett Favre, Favre from uh, you know the Green Bay Packers. And so for different fees and YouTube influencers, all these type of people, you can pay for between $500, and it goes all the way up to $2,500 is the top end. Believe it or not, that's for Caitlyn Jenner to get a personal shout-out, and you get a personal shout-out from your celebrity, either on uh, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or sometimes they'll even do uh, like a video message. So for like 2500 bucks, Caitlyn Jenner will give you, like you could hire her and she would go, hey, Don O'Neill, shout out. And Caitlyn gives you a shout out. Brett Favre, I don't know what he's charging. Snoop Dogg is uh, 300 bucks, I believe. No, Snoop Dogg's $500. So you pay Snoop Dogg 500 bucks and he will do a video like on his iPhone. He will say your name and shout you out, then you can put it on your socials of Snoop Dogg giving you a shout wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. This, this doesn't seem right to me because Caitlyn Jenner, $2,500, that seems a little heavy to me. 2500 for Caitlyn Jenner. I wouldn't pay $2,500 for Caitlyn Jenner. I tell you what I would do, though. I think I would pay $5,000 for Mr. Dogg. So I think Snoop, I. So Snoop Dogg's undervalued? I would pay five to $10,000 for Snoop Dogg and Martha. Have you seen yeah. Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg together in the kitchen, cooking together? It is some of the greatest television and some of the greatest conversation that you're ever going to that hear. fantastic. And I am being serious right and now. And Snoop Dogg called her out for white pepper. Do you remember this? No, I don't. They did this, the recipe you're talking about, and you can find this on YouTube. They're going through the recipe. They're having great conversation like you have. And then Martha, for whatever reason, it's some sort of uh, a pale-colored sauce. She's like, no, you have to use white pepper on this. And she gets this white pepper. And Snoop Dogg stops the show. Oh, really? And he's like... How come it's got to be white pepper? Okay. What's wrong with black pepper? That's right. And so they go into a whole thing. See, now you know I'd pay 5000 for and him. Because he he, he, he's speaking the truth. Kudos to Martha. She's like, you know what? It doesn't have to be white pepper. Yeah. We can use black pepper. So they get the black pepper, and Snoop Dogg does black pepper in this sauce. Well, why can't pepper just be pepper? 
It's true. Yeah. Either, either way, but I guess there's white. Pe- I've never See, even if seen I white was pepper. There, that's the point that I so, would make. Why can't why why can't pepper just be pepper? So Cameo ch- keeps twenty five percent. The rest goes to the celebrity. Uh, uh, Dore- Dordina from Real Housewives gets one hundred and twenty five dollars per shout out and makes almost three grand a week doing shout outs. Huh. Uh, so a YouTube influencer starts at five bucks. We got Caitlyn Jenner at twenty five. If if they signed up Don of the Rondon. To be on Cameo, what would you No, charge? I don't think anybody would pay for that. And, and, I and, so and again, I actually think that this is a great service. And someone like Snoop Dogg or Martha Stewart would be very interesting to me. Uh, and I don't know. I, I, I just don't get Caitlyn Jenner at 25. I got to ask you. Maybe Caitlyn Jenner just doesn't want to work because I, I, just, I just don't know. The, and, Maybe the real house. And nothing against the, Caitlyn. I think, I think she's lovely. I just, I just, it's, it's, it's. Snoop Dogg to me just has more cachet. So do you this this whole plus he could deliver a better shout out. Oh, absolutely, he's great at shout out. I'm kind of interested in listening to the the shout out that Caitlyn Jenner would deliver versus the one that Snoop Dogg would deliver. Have you purchased anything through an, an influencer? So like that's all the rage now, being an influencer. Yeah. And they build this audience, and they'll do product placement, or you'll see these protein powders or energy drinks, or I see supplements all the time on Instagram. Have you bought anything? You know, from I, an I think the biggest influencer for me, and we talked about this, and he has a podcast, is Rich Roll. Uh, and if you, you bought his book, yeah, I bought his book. I bought, I purchased his cookbooks. I changed my diet. It's one of the reasons why I'm very, very regular in the morning because I eat a lot of plants now. Uh, as a result of that, and I kind of tried to mimic his diet a little bit by eliminating alcohol. But you, really did you fo- buy that through like an Instagram? Really post? focused on plants. What's that? Did you buy it through an Instagram post or it, through his? You know what? Through the podcast. So, somebody had sent me a post uh, about his podcast, and then. Through that, uh, I made a connection, huh. and I think that was through Facebook. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and and I bought so- some books through Tim Ferriss's podcast. I don't know if that's if he's an influencer, but I've sure bought some books through him. Yeah, what's what's your favorite uh, Tim Ferriss book? Uh, so far, it's Tribe of Mentors because they're short chapters. I'm, I'm, my attention span is so fried lately. Yeah. I can't read forty page chapters anymore. It's like three pages. I'm in. Yeah. Three page chapter. I got it. Yeah. Do you think that's because everything comes to us in bite sized yeah. pieces when it comes to information? I'm now? trying to read the uh, Walter Isaacson Einstein. Yeah. Biography is right. really good, mm-hmm. but like I'll honestly go, twelve-page chapter. <laughs> Walter, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I tried to do that. What do I got? Six hours to read over here. I tried to do that with Thomas Jefferson, and then I also tried to do that with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I think that I just, Thomas Jefferson book is really good. I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, you gave me I the, have it, but you I gave me the know. Roosevelt book, and I can't get through the preamble on that. Morning's thing, on horseback. Uh, you said it was really good. I just trust you because I have no idea if it you was left him on a, on the horseback. I made it through two chapters, and I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. I can't. I can't do this. It's the Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don radio. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. All right, it's the uh, Ron and Don Radio Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thanks for stopping by and listening. And uh, don't forget... 
A uh, number of episodes are out right now, and we appreciate it if you subscribe to the show. Right? Yeah, you can subscribe. Uh, you can do it on Apple. Apple's uh, the lion's share of where we're getting it. So uh, most of our streams are coming through the Apple Podcast app. Yeah. Uh, so just click subscribe and give us a rating because that helps the Apple's algorithm send that out. We also have some merch. And it doesn't have to it. be a good rating. Just give us some. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we got merch, as the kids call it, on uh, ronandon.com. You oh, can get the T-shirts. What do we Here's have? what I've been doing. I've been using the Ronandon Nation as our shirt models. Oh, you have. Okay. So when you go out to, to the Rondon, you can look through, see the different shirts available. $5 every shirt is going to Charlie's Dinosaur, uh, which is help cops help kids. So that's available right now. Yeah. I'm also, we might be getting some new merch. I've oh. been talking with Russ. He's going to send us some samples. Okay. Some, uh, some hot new merch. Sounds good. Yeah. Anyway. Recording this uh, in July. Hold the on one sec. Charlie the dog, get back here. I What's know it? you're going to chew on the chair. Charlie! Charlie the dog. Come here. There you there go. What's happening? He's All like, right. I know those chairs taste He's good upstairs. Old. What are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, the 4th of July just happened. We don't talk a lot of politics, and I don't even know that there's, we can make it a political story, uh, but I don't think it's a political story. The uh, president just uh, gave a speech in the other Washington during the 4th of July, on the 4th of July. And a lot of people are upset because they said, well, he's politicizing the 4th of July. And last time I checked, he's a politician. That's what politicians do. They politicize things. I mean, that's, that's how they get in office. You politicize things. And people were upset with him that he wanted to have a few M1A1 tanks and that he wanted to have some hardware. Because uh, my understanding was last year, where they haven't been steel days overseas, is that right? And he looked around and he said, wow, you guys have a lot of great hardware. Now, well, the reason why people are upset is because this fascination originated with uh, Rocket Man. Kim Jong-un, when he did his parades in North uh, No, Korea. I think it happened. Well, whether it happened there, I read that it happened with Bastille Days, that he right. saw Bastille Days. It and is, like, but w- before that, he yeah. saw the parades because they do the, that goose step march thing or the yeah. big the high legs march. Let me ask you this, though. Who messes with North Korea? Nobody does. Nobody messes with North Korea. And the bottom line is this. Whatever North Korea is doing, it seems to be working. And so I think having a parade where people just march down the street is rather boring. And every once in a while, they'll show a Bradley vehicle or a Sherman tank or an M1A1 or to have some helicopters flying overhead, uh, some Blackhawks. Uh, we saw some F-14s, some F-16s. I thought it was kind of fantastic, actually. And I don't necessarily think that that's the president politicizing. Well, yeah, I do. Actually, right. it is the president politicizing things because it looks like uh, that he's going to run again. And I love the Democrats because they're like, oh, my gosh, look at the Republicans. They can't figure it out because when President Trump was running, you had 17 people that were up on stage running against him, and he plowed through the field. Now you look over at the Democrats on their side of the stage. They have 197 people, so they can't figure it out either. At the end of the day, though, all that military hardware and celebrating the fact that there's men and women out there, and maybe not even celebrating, but showing the world that there's men and women out there that are standing on our borders, over 200 bases around the globe, outside of the United States of America, and giving a tip of the hat to the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard. I didn't have a big problem with that. And then the Democrats tried to spin it and say, hey, these tanks are really going to screw up the streets of Washington, D.C., and I'm like, come on. They took the tanks off the truck, they parked them in the square, and then they took the tanks, 
they with a crane and they put him back on the truck uh, and then they took him uh, back out again. It was much to do about nothing. I I, I disagree with almost everything Donald Trump does, but I'm going to side with you on this for, for this reason. Showing military might, I don't think is a bad thing. And when you get up close and you get to watch men and women in the military, they've been highly trained. It is one of the most impressive things that I've ever seen. When I had a chance to go to Haiti after the earthquake and to watch the army Rangers, when it's like, when it's go time, and it's an actual mission. It's not training. Like they're actually going on a mission. I was in awe. Like, so you had, what was, what was there? Well, t- tell everybody what the mission so was. So what we were doing is, right? I was on a C-130, they invited uh, me and a couple, uh, Josh Trujillo, who was at the uh, Seattle PI at the time to yeah. take some photographs and do reporting. I think uh, Chris Sullivan uh, went with me as a reporter. There was a couple other uh, reporters that were invited to go. So we went down to JBLM. We boarded up a, a C-130. And so you have. And if you don't know what C-130 C-130 is. C-130. It's the well, I'm going to explain this in the, a second. It's the biggest cargo plane uh, that the military so get in there. It's huge. That's one where the tail opens up in the back and so immediately the, the air force guys are really cool the guys and gals because they have a blue it's a blue jumpsuit yeah. and it's a zipper all the way up it's got the racing stripes Sweet. on the side yeah. then they take their hat and they fold it over on their belt is that why they're cool just because their uniforms oh, are their cool? uniforms are really cool <laughs> they all have uh, big oversized headphones that they get yeah. to wear so they have some really cool they're not plugged into anything they just walk around yes. with those on they're, they have their headphones on all the time they have a lot of cool kit when it's uh let me just there's a trap door in the side of the plane yeah we don't need to get into that. All right. It's about waist high, okay. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, and I'm not, there's another story. Another, I'm just saying. See an Air Force guy in a bar with his headphones on? He's just picking Air up Force girls. Guy. They're not plugged so, in anything. He's just I, being an Air, Air Force cool guy. I got get grab a jump seat, and I'm, I'm hanging out. What about a jump suit? In. Don't have a jump suit. Jump oh. seat. Oh. Uh, and hanging out. And then the Rangers show up. Sure. So the tail opens up. Yeah. The, have you ever seen a semi truck with six foot tires? Oh yeah. yeah. So it's an off road. It's not four by four. What would it be like an eight by eight? Yeah, you see them in a, a six by six that like had a big, six by six. Yeah, six by six had a big gravel pit. They, maybe it was. They weren't. Maybe about five foot tires. Big maybe. earth moving machines. Yes. Have it, yeah. and, and so, but then it's a semi. It's as long as a semi, sure. but it's got those big tires. Yeah. They they drive that inside the plane. Yeah. Army Rangers jump out. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing Ranger stuff. Doing Army Ranger stuff. So these guys are in their uh, desert camos. Yeah. The digital desert. Because you know the ones that's not the swoopy ones. It's the digital pixelated ones. Yeah. They're in those. They got weapons. They got bedrolls. Can't, can't pick them up on radar. That they way. have uh, different hats <laughs> that are really cool. And so, but they're, so they're coming in. Air Force guy is on the intercom, yeah. and he's doing weight distribution. Okay. So we've got the semi-truck. you got generators coming in they're with like, lights. You're a little heavier then. I'm Sean! You're going to have to get off the C-130! Right. So yeah. I need to move over to yeah. counterbalance the semi. Sure. So, but it's, it's precision. Mm. Um, it is well-oiled. These guys are highly trained. It's impressive. It's to impressive see, is to what see, I'm saying. To, to see it so yeah. to see this, and then, you know, we fly over, and those guys, were doing the mission it was very moving to see because there was a lot of people that had died we had a specific mission to bring out as humanitarian this to after, bring, after the big earthquake. after the earthquake we were bringing out uh, women and children and elderly and injured uh, back onto the plane on taking the plane. them to miami but my, my point being is if the regular people that work in an office like or you. you work in retail yeah. like me like you, yeah. if you'd get to see the men and women of the military, not only are you impressed. It humanizes it. Uh, and, but you're also, there is a patriotism there to go, okay, I know these folks aren't getting rich off of this. 
I, I know that they're they are at beck and call. If if they get the call at two in the morning to go to Haiti. You know, you kiss your child goodbye, you kiss your wife goodbye, uh, you grab your bag, and you are out. You don't know how, like, at the president's call, you that. could stay down there for a month. You yeah. could be down there for three months. You, you don't know. You grab your bag, you leave, you're highly trained, it's precision. So to maybe doing it in a parade scenario might be, I can see how some people might go, eh, but trust me. Um, if you ever get a chance to, to see a C-130 in action or see Army Rangers doing their thing or to go out on a submarine or to be by a fighter jet uh, to see, we had some uh, folks that listened to the Ron and Don show that were bomb loaders. They used to send us videos and stuff uh, loading bombs uh, when that was going on uh, in earnest. And to watch them do their job and to see the military might of the United States, I don't care if you're blue or red, you're Democrat, Republican, however you vote, you're independent. Yeah. there's part of you if you're an american it's like yeah like we we got this like that's impressive to me on a lot of levels yeah and it's interesting during world war ii and you make all great points ron uh during world war ii everybody was somehow connected to the war you knew somebody that's working in a factory maybe you're in the factory you had a brother a sister a dad an uncle a grandfather that was over there somewhere somebody was training someone somewhere in america you were part of providing beans and bullets for the military. And now we're so disconnected. And a lot of us don't even know, is there a war still going on in Iraq? How many men and women, United States uh, servicemen and women, died in Iraq or Afghanistan this month? And I think for a lot of us, we are unaware of those things. And so when we see them before us, and we see some of the gear that they use, and we see how incredibly, incredibly trained they are, incredibly trained they are it is so impressive to me i am so grateful for them that they would be willing to exchange their life for mine and freedom is not free and i think every once in a while as you said ron it doesn't matter whether you're from the left side the right side of the aisle we have to let our freedom ring collectively that's not a democrat thing that's not a republican thing that is an American thing. It, it comes down to intent. And that's if, what it's all about. If the intent is to show all the things you described, I'm yeah. all for it. If the intent is to chest beat and to like try to score political points, then, of course, that's distasteful. But it, that you can't hold that against the individual military no, members no. because they are, they are squared away. It Does, doesn't matter if it's President Obama or if it's President Trump. If he says you're going to Iraq and Afghanistan, you go to Iraq and Afghanistan. And you're going to exchange your life. For other Americans or for Iraqis or those that live in Afghanistan, you're willing to do that too. And they surely have done that by the thousands. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Reach out to us at runanddon.com. If you're part of the military, to you we say, hoorah, hoorah, semper fi, ding, ding, and air power, and semper paratus. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. 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 Ron. <laughs> Don. <laughs> On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much do I have to pay you for this? <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don uh, Radio Network. Everything Ron and Don at ronanddon.com. If you want to check out the radio show or you're interested, Ron and Don are realtors, and we'd like to help you with it. Biggest transaction yet. Yeah, it's powered by Windermere. Just go to ronanddon.com. And also, don't forget, buy the Ron and Don Nation T-shirt. Throw that thing on. Take a picture of it. I did it with my Sawzall the other day. Some guys I was working with on a rental property. You know. Did we put that up in the newsletter yet? Uh, I think we did, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. So we want to see you with your gear on. We'll take a picture. We'll put it in the newsletter. And don't forget, $5 goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. If you don't know what that is, it's in episode one. And basically, it's all of us collectively helping cops help kids. And as kids get ready to go back to school just a couple months from now, we want to make sure we buy them hundreds and hundreds of backpacks. Because there's the cops who give them the kids. They make that connection. And the cops aren't scary people. The kids, the helpers. They're humans, and uh, they can connect with them. So be a part of that. Charlie's Dinosaur will buy that uh, T-shirt today. I'm interested to get your take on this. There was a story, I think you sent this to me, uh, and it's from The Atlantic, and it says, What You Lose When You Gain a Spouse, and it's by a woman named Mandy Lynn Carton, or Cartron. And so I can't, it's it's really long, (laughs) but I can't explain the whole thing. But the thesis is basically, I found really interesting, and it it says uh, a couple of things. It says what they've found when they've done these studies is, especially in, in America, and a lot of this is a very American thing, is that when you, when people get married, they tend to get more isolated. And so because of the way that we've structured the institution of marriage in the United States, where it includes legal benefits, uh, it includes uh, financial benefits like home buying and uh, tax write-offs, medical care, all of these things. We've bundled that into the institution of marriage. So there's this huge overlay of expectation. And so what they found, though, is that uh, in America, when you get married, that you become more isolated you don't go out with your friends as much. You don't interact with your community as much. And that you sort of people now expect that your marriage is going to fulfill all these things. And so they, they talk about in this article that that is a thing that they've studied. That's a trend line that they can uh, track and that the isolation rates and the loneliness rates actually can increase when you get married because of this expectation we have now where you're it's no longer your partner is no longer uh just the basic marriage thing that maybe our grandparents had where it's like they're stable they have a job they're a good provider they're a good companion now we want this thing to be uh the marriage institution to be your soulmate to be your person that inspires you a person that is your confidant your lover like all of these roles now are combined into one person and then you can have a kid and now you're this little unit that's basically not interacting with the rest of your friend group and they looked at well, one of the things they did is they looked at single women versus married women and how they interact with something like the Women's March, how they interact with political causes, how they interact with social causes, how they interact with uh, all of these institutions. And it's the single women that vastly outnumber in participation married women because of this myth. And so this this woman, Mandy, she goes through and she's contemplating marrying. The, she's living with a man. They're contemplating marriage. And she's like, I don't want to lose all my friends. And she goes, it's even happening now. Once we move in together... 
my girlfriends won't ask me out to brunch anymore because now it's me and him. And so if it's all the girls going out, she's like, the invitations have declined. Nobody says, hey, after work, do you want to go uh, go to happy hour? It does, It's happening less because they know she now moved in with and someone. And she's at sad hour with him. <laughs> right, she's at sad hour sad with him. Sad hour, yeah. So anyway, um, you do a better job than I do of having a, of a sense of community. But I'm curious your take. You read the article. Well, it, it also says as people get older, we'll see this with millennials too. Now they're waiting to actually get married till they're older, which I think is kind of a good thing because they have grown up with technology. They've grown up with apps. Tinder isn't something that's new to them. These types of apps are something that they've always had. And so I think they basically have an opportunity to kind of go through the menu. And once you go through the menu and you get a little bit older and you know what you're interested in, you right. know what your hobbies are. You have humans that you have made human-to-human connection. Because think about this. A lot of people that we connect with in our 20s are not the same people that we're connected to in our 30s, 40s, and into our 50s in adulthood. And I think what you're talking about here, if you find a partner that really understands you and they understand, Tom Cruise lied to all of us when he says, you complete me. Uh, Nobody completes you. You have to complete yourself. And a lot of that has to do with your human connections with other people and your self-understanding of autonomy it was kind of interesting to me because uh, for the, for the longest time i have thought and this is just growing up in a catholic household that if i don't have a wife then i don't have a family and my son who was never expected i never expected to have a son he's always been so welcome though and he has completely changed my life this these last nine years and it challenges me to just be a better human and a better dad and i learned from him all the time. I learn from him all the time. And what I've learned with him is to follow his muse, to follow his interests. A couple years ago, I was taking my son to Seahawk games. And I'm like, you know what? He's just not getting it. So I'm going to sit down. And I took out tapes of Seahawk games, and I would slow them down on the television, and I would try to explain what a 35 dive is. And <laughs> no, you're running tape with your son. Back, hits the four hole, and then boom, here comes the Mike linebacker. Do you understand me, Chief Force O'Neill? And it just, he's like, Daddy, I like soccer. You know, I like soccer. We're growing over film. Doesn't, yeah. You're in the film room with your son. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? I have a son that doesn't enjoy football. And finally, I got it. And the light bulb went off. And I would sit there on Sundays, and we'd sit in my Seahawk man cave. And he he wasn't connecting with football. And like, how are we ever going to connect then as a father and a son? And when I finally gave up on that, and I tore apart my man cave. In fact, I took all the stuff that was in my man cave, and I went to the Goodwill uh, one day, and I gave all my stuff to this guy, and it was on a Super Bowl Sunday. And it's not so much that I hated the Seahawks, or I was done with the Seahawks or whatever, but I'm like, you know what? I need to find a different way to connect with my son. And if that's not, so I, what I have done now is I have gone online. I've tried to learn the game of soccer. I still don't understand it. But the reaction that he has when we go to a Sounder game is the reaction that I would have when I would go to a Seahawk game. And I began to understand. He's an artist, and I am not That's an artist. That's true. I will, I will I am not a, vouch for that. I can draw an astronaut. I can draw a witch. And that is about a ghost. It. You can do a ghost. I can do a ghost. Also, in us having a new family member, and Charlie, our dog, uh, my son is amazing with animals, and I haven't always been amazing with that. I don't always get people's connection, especially with dogs and cats, but he has this amazing connection with Charlie, so I'm learning a lot. So I think I think what happens... So yeah, I mean, you, I think you what have happens, a family. Whether, whether it's being a dad or whether it's being a, a married partner, uh, whether it's same-sex marriage, whatever that is, 
I think what we have to do is you have to look at the other person. You have to see the differences, celebrate those, and then almost make sure that you're pushing, you're pushing your friend, you're pushing your son, your daughter, your partner, whoever that is, to go do the things that you know fulfills them. You know, you may not be a mountain climber, but you know for them to train and climb Mount Everest or Mount Rainier or Mount Adams, whatever it is you know that there's a connection there for them, and so you celebrate that. Uh, You might like to sing in a choir at church, and they're just not into that. My son likes to pray to Jesus Christ every night. I don't necessarily think that that's important, but he does. And so we join hands before we have supper, because I'm from the Midwest, so we still have supper, and then also before he goes to bed, and we kneel down and we pray, because that's important to him. So don't don't you think that's true? You you look at the differences, yeah. you celebrate those, and you make sure that you support autonomy up, up in, to a in, point. in your up friendship to a point. and in, in your marriage. Because one of the things, the other thing I took away from this article in just my life was, as a younger person, I valued the wrong things. And I didn't know that because I hadn't lived long enough. So I overvalued appearance. I overvalued. uh, I thought that having like a a biting wit and sarcasm was equal to humor. Hmm. And so uh, I looked for that. And and I I, because I wasn't secure enough to give someone a genuine compliment. Hmm. It all had to be backhanded and be shrouded in this sarcasm or I mean, cutting people down. And so like having a tr- attracting people like that uh into my life i it wasn't until after i got divorced where i went out with some other people where i was like oh you know what kindness oh, underrated <laughs> like maybe i should have looked for that a little more so like when you get around someone that's truly kind yeah you're like this is amazing yeah. like why why am i being so sarcastic all the time when you can just tell somebody that was really nice yeah. thank you for doing that thing and so just trying to be genuine and unvarnished for me, which I never could have done and I wasn't able to do in my uh, 20s and even all through my 30s. It was very awkward to just genuinely say, thank you, I appreciate that Good and leave it. Yeah. So like the thing with this spouse deal is I had built this model where my life partner needed to be these things that were valuing, that I was valuing incorrectly. And so that's, that's, good that's yeah. something that was on me. Yeah. And so, um, and now that I've sort of gone through that and come out the other side, I can go, oh, well, that's my fault. Like I was, so when you're thinking about the things you lose when you gain a spouse, sometimes you gain things that you, that I didn't, didn't make my life better yeah. and, uh, for me. And uh, I needed to get rid of those and go, okay, why am I so uncomfortable with these genuine things? Do you, and you've been married. Do you, do you feel incomplete? not being married no i don't i don't have a kid like you do so or and i don't have a dog anymore mm-hmm. uh the dog my dog uh, passed away so like there is some loneliness things there but i always remind myself it's like okay would i go back to what for me at the time was an unhappy marriage yeah. just for the companionship no You're like right. it's not that's not worth it for me mm-hmm. uh because you can build whatever whatever lonely night i'm having it was not in a re- like that that's the wrong fuel to put in the tank so for me and some people do that some people it's like hey you know what i'm so lonely that i just want another human being around mm-hmm. that I, there's no judgment if that's your thing and that's their thing have at it like yeah. i don't i don't care about that some people have a marriage of convenience some people have a marriage like hey you, you need to get citizenship or you need health care or whatever whatever people's motivations are as long as they're both on the same page i'm fine with that but for me 
fueling it from loneliness uh, or from this, what I just described was the wrong fuel. So changing my mindset on that. And that's the thing with this uh, article that also came to light for me is it's like value the right things. And so like you said, if if you're overvaluing a sense of completeness, then the second that they're not there or that they go on vacation or that they do something to make you mad, now you're complete you're incomplete now. Mm. And so if you've put too much value on like this person completes me, then you're setting yourself up to be incomplete the second they disappoint you. Yeah. And so you have to be complete and then they're frosting on the cake, so to speak. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I look at some married couples and, uh, and I have some friends that are married and they are great partners and it all starts with friendship. It really starts with friendship and understanding each other and supporting each other. And I'll just go back to autonomy. That that's and that is very, very, very and being able to express yourself without necessarily fighting about well, it. I remember but you if you and do I had fight, making sure that uh, make it, making sure that you fight fair. What you and I had a friend one time that you and I had a friend one time. Yeah, a, a, a friend that we both knew. Oh. He would do a week vacation by himself. She would do a week's vacation by themselves. And then once a year, both of them would do a vacation. And at the time, both of us were like, what kind of marriage is that? And then now it's like, you know, that's pretty cool marriage. Because they can both go do their own thing and be secure about that and then do one together. And and it's interesting the way we look at family because I always thought I I was married once uh, for a number of months. You were my best man in my 30s and that didn't work out. And then a number of years ago, I was engaged and that didn't work out. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I'm just not good at it. And I don't know if I would ever be good at that. And so I've just, and I don't think I'm settling, but I've just figured out, you know what? I have a family. And my family is that dog over there and a little boy named G-Force. That is my family. And that's what completes me. That's what fulfills me. But we do, we are really good wedding singers. We are. Yeah, we Very are, good wedding we singers. Are we only have two songs, but that's we're right. good at them. So we will either come and help you buy or sell a house, or we will come and sing wedding songs by Rascal Flats because we are wedding troubadours and don't think we're not. How many weddings have we sang out together? Uh, I think it was two. I think two. Yeah. Which and is we, more than zero. And we've never been invited back. Correct. Yeah. We will also let's you know what we'll do divorce songs too. We'll do anything. You want us to sing at divorces, <laughs> a divorce party? We're there. Get the band back together for that. I went to a divorce party one I bet time. It was a blast. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Open bar at the divorce party. <laughs> I know some people that are divorced too, especially people that have kids. And they're the best of friends now, and it's really weird when they get remarried and then later on they share Christmases and everything. And it's actually not that weird. It's kind of a beautiful thing when you see people down the road and they're able to make those therapy. Connections, especially it works. With kids. What's that? <laughs> therapy works. Yeah, it does. All right, we're gonna come back. Uh, Ron and Don's five things. What's the final thing uh, we're gonna talk about in this edition of the Ron and Don show? I will figure that out right after I hit stop. <laughs> My dad is back. Like it or not, you're listening to The Ron and Don Show. You can find the guys at ronanddon.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's The Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. All right, so Ron and Don Radio Show. Uh, also, don't forget, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, we are licensed realtors. Yeah, we have a nation of realtors that we are connected to at Windermere. So if you're ready to buy, sell, and you're within the sound of our voice in the Pacific Northwest, chances are uh, we can help you. 
So we'd love to negotiate your next deal. And uh, you've been driving around some people this week. What was that like? Well, in your pickup truck. What was that like? I actually had to switch cars uh, with uh, a fellow agent. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I did this, the car swap. What were you driving around? Uh, Mercedes. Nice. So that was kind of fun. Uh, it's, those are fun to drive. Those those are Mercedes, uh, like the crossover. Yeah. So I uh, did that. Yeah, I have a family in town from California. Uh, their son is going to the UW, so I've been uh, driving around looking at houses. Yeah. That's been, it's been fun, learning a lot. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of fun. Uh, people want to reach out to you, just Ron at Windermere, right? Ron at Windermere. I've had a couple people from the Ron Donation reach out. I've enjoyed meeting with them. We've done some property evaluations for people that are thinking in a couple months, want to know where their house is at. So I'll do that for you if you want to email me. Yeah. You know what's crazy? The and We were uh, taking some classes at Windermere uh, just last week. The number one place right now that people are moving from to the Pacific Northwest, and a lot of times I thought it was folks that are coming from overseas because we have so many coders that are coming here. It is San Francisco. A lot of people are coming here from San Francisco. And I think this is really interesting. People used to, to move to this area, and it's one of the reasons why the east side, and you and I used to live on the east side. We lived in Kirkland before. We lived in Juanita. We lived over in Redmond. We lived on Holly, Bell Red Road, all over there uh, in the 90s and into the 2000s. And then we ended up crossing. Each city kicked us out. They would get us on the city limits. <laughs> Rundown, get out! Yeah, then we, out of Kirkland. We don't want you here anymore. Yeah, and then we ended up crossing over to Seattle. And they say when you live in Seattle, you never go to the east side. When you live on the east side, you never go to Seattle. This is what is interesting. So many people used to move to the east side, and then they would commute to Seattle. And what we're seeing now, especially in North Seattle, as they look at a lot of the real estate trends, people that are coming from San Francisco, they like that urban vibe. They like that urban feel. They are moving to places in North Seattle, like Green Lake, for instance, or like Wallingford, or like Ballard, or even Queen Anne. At Magnolia. And then what they're doing is a reverse commute on the 520 to head over to the east side because we saw this week Amazon is going to build the biggest tower yet. And a lot of stuff that we saw with HQ2 that's not happening in other parts of the country, guess where it silently is happening? It's happening on the east side. Amazon is going boom. Redmond is about to go boom. And even here back in Seattle, you think about this, Apple. It just announced a very large footprint here. Well, yeah, we see a very large right now, real footprint quick for real with quick. Facebook, and we also continue to see this with, with Google. I want, I want to just say kudos to the politicians on the east side. They're under the radar. When it came time to do the light rail thing, and, and you and I have been over there on the east side. You and I have been on light rail. Now, what, I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> is they're getting it done. Yeah. And so the properties that they had to take over, and, and it goes sort of uh, off of I-90 and then around the business park and then up to like Bell red road they had to, to to commandeer businesses they had to use eminent domain they had to sort of do a corridor right through there and speculators are going in and trying to buy up properties around there but my point being they did that in seattle too and then they backed out of that right they it's, took over a lot of properties and then they didn't build in seattle you say you're going to do it then four people protest really loudly and bring a sign to the meeting and now you pull the plug yeah. and and so just kudos to the east side for saying this is something we need we need light rail to come from I-90 and get all the way out to the Redmond campus of Microsoft and along the way, oh yeah, we'll stop off at this new giant building uh, for Amazon. That's the type of infrastructure we need. And that's what I think people, hopefully soon, you'll be able to take a parking ride from those neighborhoods you talked about, hop on light rail and get over to your tech job yeah. uh, on the east side. Get this, according to Realtor.com and this just uh, came out, they said the commute time is... Uh, 
become such an important factor to people that are moving here from California that they are willing to give up square footage. They're willing to give up a bedroom. They're willing to give up a den. They're willing to give up a deck. They're willing to give up a view in order to cut their commute time by at least 10 to 15 minutes. Now, when you and I lived down in California, I lived in Los Angeles. My combined compute time, and this is when I was 19 years old, was three and a half hours. Three and a half hours in Los Angeles. And this was to go. And that was to go across the street. That was about it. Yeah. Anyway, I can't imagine what that commute would be like today. And when we lived in San Francisco, it was about an hour and 15 minutes from where we lived. And we would uh, commute back and forth to the the, the radio station. I don't know if you saw this study. I think it might have also been a Realtor.com study. Is regardless of the size of your house. You could be in a McMansion that's 5,000 square feet. You can be in a 10,000 square foot house. You could be in a 1,200 square foot house. It doesn't matter what size of house You're it is. You're about to quote something that I've been saying for 10 years. It's, it's, it's about the, the number of square footage that you actually use in your house. Correct. Right? Say it. That, that, I've been telling you this for 10 years. It's not Realtor.com. This is not it's your study. Guy yes, it is. How did you do this study? It's 610 square feet. That's not the... That's, that's what the, it is. That's I, what, I read 150. What's that? The number of square feet you actually use most of the time. No, 610 square feet. That can't be 610. It's 610. You don't count the whole room. They're saying the actual... So, like, you use your bed. You use, like, your bathroom. You use the parts of the kitchen. No, you use your whole bedroom. Maybe you use the whole bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to your vet? <laughs> wow, hey now. It's not 650, I'll tell you that. It's 150 square You're feet. You're not using the whole bedroom. That explains a lot of things. You're not bathing anymore, not taking a bath, a shower, not doing any of that stuff. Right? Hello. Anyway, uh, real quick, what do you think of the backyard cottages that are now coming to Seattle? You wrote a piece on this if people want to read it, right? Yeah, go to my Facebook page and uh, click on that link. I'm getting thousands of people have uh, interacted with that column. What is, what is the piece about? So it's about the fact that now in the city of Seattle, if you're in a single-family residence, you can now have up to three units, uh, a day-do, which is an attached accessory dwelling unit, and also an apartment in the basement, which they're now calling a parent-in-law apartment. Oh. Can we just... It's a mother-in-law apartment. It's an ADU. The thing that's the eye-opener. attached uh, dwelling unit. The the eye-opener for people is the new law, A, does not require parking spaces, and B, you can have up to 12 unrelated adults on one residential lot. Uh, People are freaking out. I did a poll on this. Most people think the law should be zero to four uh, unrelated adults, and then you'd have your spouse and your children. Zero adults. Well, one to four. Hey, I bought this new house and nobody lives there. Right. It's awesome. Well, that's what some people have done. Uh, but <laughs> very few people say that 12 seems to be appropriate. But that's the new rule. Yeah. And to have the ADU and the DAYDU. With no additional parking. You don't have to be the primary tenant. It used to be you had to be the primary tenant and live there. This is a huge So win now for they're afraid that developers are going to come in. And of course developers are going to come of in because they're they the only ones that can afford to do it. And what the city of Seattle needs to do is what they've done in Portland. Said, you know what? Here's five detached accessory dwelling units. We'll build them for you. Uh, we aren't going to make you pay $35,000 in construction costs and all kinds of crazy fees. And permits, yeah. If you will allow folks to live there and we'll share the cost of folks living there for the next five years, then we'll give you these dwelling units. That's what they do in Portland. They should try that here in Seattle. Otherwise, I think they're going to build 4,400 of these. None of these are going to get Over built. Over 10 years. Unless big construction comes in and builds these. We have to do something, though. Right down the street from a rental I just bought, they have moved people off of I-5. 
and now they are living on a baseball diamond. I want to see kids living there and playing there. I don't want to see heroin addicts uh, sitting over on first Yeah, I'd love it if, you, know if you, you read that column and give me your feedback. Yeah. It's on uh, Facebook right now. Ronanddon.com. Don't forget, we're licensed realtors. If you want to reach out to us about the radio show or about our real estate company, all you have to do is go to ronanddon.com. The radio show drops every Monday. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple. You can do it on Stitcher. You can also listen to us on YouTube. He's Ron. I'm Don. Don't forget, keep your head up and your shoulders back. We'll see you next week right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs>